and the Bucks and Chiefs game. So let's get started. Welcome to Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk, the fastest growing sports talk show in the country. And now, here's your host, Jasmine Pollock. Welcome back to Jasmine's First Impression Sports Talk. To start the night off, we're going to talk about Tua Tungabailoa's concussion controversy. So I'm sure everyone knows about the whole news that went on with his concussion. The first concussion that we know of, that we saw with our two eyes, was against the Buffalo Bills last Sunday. And then he suffered a scary, scary concussion in the Thursday night football game against the Bengals. So let's bring in Jeremiah. Let's bring in Cole. We're going to talk about this. So this particular story, this particular um, topic irritates me because you're putting a player in jeopardy just because this is a big game against the Bills. And they were really convincing us that it was a back injury. So, Cole, I'm going to start with you. What was your reaction to the news and who should be held accountable the most? What's going to happen? Um, I think it falls on mostly the NFL and the NFLPA. The NFLPA is supposed to be there for the players. They're supposed to be their advocate to protect them. It comes down to also, as well, the um, the Miami Dolphins organization. What a complete, awful situation. The Dolphins absolutely violated concussion protocol. You can't go and do that to a player. Concussions are a no-joke injury. Everybody knows that. You got that second concussion-type injury. like That can end up being very, very bad for a person's brain. Like, with all of the lawsuits that the NFL has had, if the Dolphins are found to have violated concussion protocol, the doctors need to be fired, and the, the team needs to lose another first-round pick. Mm-hmm. They, lost another, they lost the first-round pick for this year, but then they need to lose one as well for next year, and that would be their punishment for, um, for the Tua's concussion. That was a very scary injury. I know Joe thought he might have been paralyzed the way that is that he was kind of like, he really wasn't moving his fingers. I'm mean, it, it was a very scary thing. And thank God that Tua Tagovailoa is okay. And that should never happen again. Ever. And I get why um, the consultant, actually the neurotrauma consultant, he was actually fired because they found sources, multiple sources found that he had multiple, multiple uh, miscues with evaluating Tua Tungabailoa's injury. I knew, Jeremiah, me and you watched the game um, live. When he went down from that hit, when he got pushed, and remember when um, he threw the wall on the third down, I knew that he was concussed. When he got up, okay, he's a little wobbly. I see he's not really, you know, standing upright. And then he falls down. And they're telling us it's a back injury. Jeremiah, what is your thoughts on that, a back injury? That did not look like a back injury. Look, when it comes to to the back injury, I understand he probably could have been going through that maybe before. But from my eyes point of view, especially from a fan, especially from anybody that was watching that game, nothing was going on with his back at that moment in time. It had to do everything when it came to his head. And like you can say, 
within that you could say it was a certain like whiplash for everything but it had a lot to do when it came to everything within his head he mm. couldn't keep his balance his own lineman had to keep him up after the play and i knew when he was going to go in the back i felt like boom that was just going to be it i didn't even expect him to come back out that quickly especially when you're having the nfl's doctor and also your own team doctors go back there and everything else your players can tell you anything they want but when you are hired for a job that goes for the miami dolphins that even goes for the nfl's people that they're hiring you're supposed to do your job because at the end of the day this last thursday tua could have been paralyzed and could have ended his whole career right then and there. He could have not have even walked again just because of that small thing. Exactly. And I do worry about that when it comes to the NFL going forward because it's like, literally, are we going to protect these players at the end of the day? I just seen, was it yesterday, J.J. Watt, he just had a heart condition thing that he went through. He was able to come back and play right away, and they cleared him. How is that possible? Break being back into that game. And he went back into the locker room. He he had a concussion. But what if he didn't make back into the locker room in time? I worry about those type of things going forward and having those type of things happening for a lot of these players and especially the young athletes that's coming in right now. And also another player, of course, um, the Bengals uh, receiver, T. Higgins, he also had a concussion last week. And it showed that he had a concussion. And yet and still he still played. I'm not sure what's going on in the league currently far as like, especially this year, what I'm noticing this pattern of going on where these players are getting injured, even Godwin, Godwin should not have came back. He should not even him. He had a whole ACL tear the last year and he was already back for the first game with the, um, the, um, the Dallas Cowboys. And then he takes two games off. Then he comes back yesterday against the chiefs. Didn't look like that same Godwin, like he did. Julio Jones, he's been injury prone throughout his whole career. He had a hamstring issue. He came back. He only had one catch for, I think, 10, 15 yards. He didn't look good. What is the NFL doing? What are these organizations doing instead of putting their players first? What I don't like about this situation is the players are the ones that are making the teams the money. They're the ones putting their bodies on the line. They're the ones being coached every day. They're the ones that the fans see every day. They're not seeing the owners. They're not seeing the general managers. They're not, and the coaches, of course, are on the sideline, but they're not there for the coaches. They're there for the players. They're there for their team to see if their team is competing with other players and other teams. You don't put your team your team or your players first. You're thinking about, oh, we're playing the Bills. It's a This is a playoff implication team. This is a big game in the AFC, division rivals. I don't care what it was. You put your player first because Tua should not have went through that. There's For one, he's already dealing with a lot. There's questions of his play. There's already questions of, oh, can he do it? Can he deliver? He has talented receivers now. And you put him in that situation. Horrendously bad. Horrendously bad. So if, and I agree with Cole, what Cole said before, if the Dolphins are found guilty and they misstep with this, they need to be, they need to see the harshest punishment. I'm, I'm not kidding because a yeah. player should not have to go through that. They, these players are putting, I mean, years and years of muscle of work and technique on their bodies every day. They're working hard every day to make sure they are staying healthy, to make sure they're trying not to get healthy. And you put your player in that situation just irritates me. I don't care what game it is. I don't care how big the game is. Tua should not have played in the second half. 
even though, of course, we're like, dang, we don't want to see Tua go. We want, of course, we want the Dolphins to win, but it does not matter. You don't do that to your players. I'm seeing the the way the league is going right now, far as this, it is heading into a very bad direction. So, Cole, back to you. What steps now, being that this whole concussion is starting to be a um a lot of concussions going on around the league? What should the what should the protocol be now? Is it going to be a lot more a lot more strenuous? Is it going to be a lot more tough? Is it going to be a lot more you know we have to be detail oriented? How are these concussion protocols going to be now after Tua Tagovailoa's concussion? Yeah, so the NFL better go and they better start evaluating how they're going to do concussion protocol now, and it needs to happen like right now. This isn't a time to wait. We all watch these players. We watch them. We enjoy watching these star players go out and play a game that a lot of Americans love. We cannot continue to see all these head injuries because to his situation, what happened Thursday night was completely and totally preventable. He could have been paralyzed. That's that's a very serious thing. I don't want to see players go out and get injured, and especially an injury that bad, it's sick. The concussion protocol needs to be a lot more strict, and we cannot. This cannot happen ever again. Ever, ever, um, ever. Yeah, ever. I mean, it should not have happened. And even though I know over seeing that play, as I see uh, Leon, I agree something needs to change absolutely because these players are putting their bodies on the line. Like these are the athletes. Why are we not taking them more seriously? They're good enough for you to trade around. They're good enough for you to pay whenever or extend their contracts or cut their contracts and cut them whenever, but you don't care enough about their health. It's just ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. And what's so scary is he's a young player. It's not like he's an older player. This is a young kid that has a bright future and he was off to a great start. And that shot of him on the ground like that against the Bengals, that was scary to me. And it's like, and it took him time to get up. They had to put him on the stretcher. He goes to the hospital. We don't know how he comes back from this. You know, of course, yeah, Tua comes back maybe two two weeks away from now. We don't know if Tua will be the same after that. You don't know how these, th- these things work in weird ways, especially when you're dealing with nerves, you're dealing with head injuries. You don't know how a player can come back from this. So, um, that wraps up this segment. We'll definitely see what's going to happen as far as this um, protocol when it comes to concussions and injuries, period. But the NFL has to change this quick, like immediately. Um, if you guys would like to be a guest on my show, you can go to my website at jasmineonsports.com. We're going to be back for a short break, and we're going to talk about the Chiefs and Bucks and what's going on with the Buccaneers' defense. That's the biggest takeaway I have, so we'll be right back. Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep. Off the runway and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try. And every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time. And making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear. Because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything. New styles, top designers, all for a flat monthly fee. Start your subscription at renttherunway.com. 
slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand. This is the way pit pork has always been done. Pulled pork lovers, rejoice. The smoky old days are back at the Smoke Shack. From the creative team that brought you the Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the sky. You're watching Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk. Be sure to join Jasmine every week for great conversation on the NBA, NFL, and a wide variety of sports topics. To see past episodes of First Impression Sports Talk, go to YouTube and search First Impressions Sports Talk. You can connect with Jasmine on LinkedIn by searching Jasmine Pollock. And now, back to more First Impression Sports Talk. Welcome back for more Jasmine's First Impression Sports Talk. The voices you just heard were from Kelly Johnson and Dion Hunter. And if you would like voiceover work done for your projects, you can go to Leon, the leonthomasgroup.com and get in contact with Leon to get voiceover work done. If you would like to see past episodes of my show and be a guest on my show, you can go to my website at jasmineonsports.com. So let's get into a more lighter <laughs> situation, um, a more lighter topic. The Bucks and Chiefs Sunday Night Football. So the question was, it was a big game. Everybody's waiting for that game. One of the most anticipated games of the season the rematch since the Super Bowl and the Chiefs end up winning yesterday, 41 to 31 um, Chiefs won. Now the biggest takeaway for me was the Bucks defense is, was number one in the league and has been number one in the league for the past couple of years now and very stout against the run. Number one defense in the running game. Chiefs ran all over them yesterday. I mean, Mahomes and that offense was having a field day. Um, Andy Reid was calling up a great game and Eric Bieniemy as well. I mean, they had the defense had no answers for Patrick Mahomes at all. So, Jeremiah, I want to start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from the Chiefs and Bucks game? Um, my takeaway is just um, the Bucks itself. Uh, they look so depleted, especially so early in the season. Um, most I can just say um, I can say so much about how the Chiefs look so great and everything, but at the same time, it was just really terrible just to just see how the Bucks was just going throughout that game it was just so unbray like and un you know Bucks like how we've seen from these last two years from them um I just felt like uh when it comes to the Bucks their offense nothing got going especially when it came to only having three points through that first quarter lean into that second quarter that's not going to cut especially against mm. the Chiefs a young team that every time they went on offense they was just getting the ball, running it, and throwing it, just like you were saying. Patrick Mahomes has so much time inside of that pocket. And not to mention, he hit every different receiver because everybody was worrying about, you know, how it would look without Tyree. But Mahomes is just getting it to his receivers. Of course, they're not going to get small yards and make big yards how Tyreek is, but they was moving up the field just how the Chiefs be doing. And And that's a great point you just mentioned about the question was how would the Chiefs' offense look 
without Tyreek Hill being able, and they utilize Tyreek Hill in many different ways in that offense. But now you can see he's distributing the ball to a lot of players, even the running backs. Um, of course, Kelsey's a he's a beast. He's number he's the best tight end right now in the league to me, and it's not even close. Um, but for the Chiefs, you know, defensively, I still have questions about them. Um, but the Bucks defense, that was the biggest takeaway because the Bucks deep the Bucks hang their hats on defense. That's probably their strongest unit on the team, even though they have Tom Brady, which is you know kind of crazy. But the offense, Brady honestly did not have a bad game. He had a very good game yesterday. I mean, he had a he had a better QBR than Mahomes did, but they were they were playing from behind. The defense, they couldn't get off the field, they had more time of possession. So of course. It looked as if Mahomes had the better game when well, he did, but Brady did, Brady wasn't far. Brady still threw the ball. He still had, and they had more passing yards than the Chiefs yesterday as well. But the biggest glaring issue was the run game. The Chiefs had 189 rushing to the Bucks three yards rushing, three yards, and Brady just got rid of the run game altogether. He started passing the ball. Um, to you, Cole, can the Bucks go deep? I know it's Tom Brady. You never can count him out. You can never question his greatness. But when we're looking at this Bucks team, is this a Super Bowl Bucks team right now as constructed? I have a lot of concerns about the Bucks, and I have a lot of concerns about other NFC teams. I think the NFC is just not a very good solid. It's the not- best team in the NFC right now is hands down the Eagles. Agreed. But – the Bucks, I, I got a lot of a, a lot of concerns for them. The injuries, those injuries have just piled up. They are really missing Ali Marpet right now at guard. Like their their offensive line is just depleted. They haven't been the same, and they've been able to protect Brady. Brady is now forty five years old. You have to be able to protect him. Their defense, you you got to be able to stop them. The Chiefs are unbelievable, but you can't just be allowing your your offense where where they're just constantly playing from behind Mm -hmm. to where Brady has to abandon the run game and pretty much pass the ball the whole game. They, They can't continue to do that. You need to also be able to rely on the run game, but you can't rely on the run game when you're constantly playing from behind. That, that's their problem. The defense has got to be better. When they won that Super Bowl, their defense was unbelievably good. They stopped the run. They were able to stop the pass, too. And I believe in two, two years ago, they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They held the Chiefs to what, like 10 points maybe? 10 points, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10, 10 points. You have to be able to stop on defense, and you, and you also have to be able – to move the ball on offense, and Brady is doing that. Brady is doing his job. He's throwing his checkdowns like he always does. It's really boring, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> He's Tom Brady. He can do whatever he wants pretty much now. But the their defense, just like I continue to say, they have to be so much better if they want any chance of going far in the playoffs because if not, they're going to get stomped in the playoffs probably by the Eagles. And they might not even make it out of the first round if their defense continues to play like this. I I was shocked because the 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 biggest thing for the Bucks was their defense. Their defense was going to carry 
them, this team, while the offense is still figuring out. Of course, they have a lot. Their receiving core right now is injured besides Mike Evans. Mike Evans was just suspended against um the Packers in the Packers game. But when we look at Godwin, Godwin does not look the same. Julio Jones, I don't, I don't know if we're talking about the same Julio Jones anymore. He only had one catch yesterday. That just is not going to get it done. And then, of course, Bray, he has the concussion. Don't know when he'll be back and how he's going to look. The Bucks offense is in dire trouble. You are playing, you're going to be playing teams. I mean, the, the season is not over with. You know what I mean? They're going to be playing teams that are that can move the ball up and down the field and they can play defense. And Brady, Brady did his job yesterday, but I'm just worried for the O-line and that he's going to keep getting beat up every every game if they don't fix it. They have to fix it. I believe they need to go pick up another running back. I don't know if there's a running back out there they can get because I don't think it just has to be Fournette. It needs to be someone else that they can share reps. But defensively, I was shocked that the Bucs look, look that bad on defense when Todd Bowles hangs it. He is the defensive coordinator, now head coach. He he puts that that he put that defense together and they don't look good. They don't look like that same defense that's flying around everywhere like they used to, just terrorizing people, terrorizing quarterbacks. Mahomes looked comfortable in the game. I know, yeah, they got a couple of sacks. He threw a pick late late in like the third quarter, but it didn't really mean much. It didn't matter. The Bucks have to fix their O-line. Their O-line, I, the, the injuries are just mounting up. And then they have young guys that don't really know what they're doing. The receiving core besides Evans, I don't even know. They bring in Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, is he that same guy that was in Dallas? I don't think so. Um, but they and I'll tell you this Tom Brady misses Gronkowski. Tom Brady misses Gronkowski badly. What Gronkowski meant to that team and what he means to Tom Brady and how the, how many years they played together. Gronk put a lot of pressure on defenses for his his run blocking and then of course him being open in the middle of the field. He misses Gronk badly. That production that Gronk gave them was huge. You couldn't you can't stop Gronk and Gronk um Gronk and Brady. Their connection is ridiculous. But I think he misses them badly. And you know who else? They signed Kyle Rudolph. Did you hear his name yesterday? I didn't hear his name yesterday. You bring somebody like that in and you're not utilizing him. So I don't know what's going on with their offense. I'm not saying that they're counted out. RC, will Gronk make another comeback? Wow. Jeremiah, I'll let you answer that. What do you think about that? No, after that entry to his ribs, um, <laughs> I don't think that he is uh, trying to come back anytime soon. Right now, he's doing a lot of these commercials. He's a having lot of fun right yeah. now. But he could get, you know, like homesick, which is like playing football. But I doubt it because at the end of the day, he just want to move on, maybe go into more uh, media, more movies, maybe because he's such he has a great big personality for himself. Yeah, I don't think Gronk will come back. Gronk, he had some serious injuries also, and I don't know if he want to. I don't know if he wants to risk it. And he's getting older as well. I don't know if he wants to risk doing that, but. Brady can make, I'm, I'm sure Brady could convince him, you know, the only person that could convince him is Tom Brady. But if I'm Gronk, I wouldn't come back. You know, you, you have four Super Bowls, you have your money. He, uh, like you said, Jeremiah, he has a big personality. He has a bunch of endorsements. I'm sure he'll find, I'm sure you'll see him in movies soon. He has that type of personality, but I don't see Gronk coming back. The Bucks have to, they have players right now that are there and, that are good players, that are serviceable players. Now, of course, Bray and Rudolph are not Gronkowski, but those are still very good 
uh, very good tight ends that you can utilize. But the running game, I don't. Their running game hasn't been the same. Um, Fournette is still good, but they're not getting the same production. That has a lot to do with the O line not being good as well. They're not getting to their blocks well. They're not opening up lanes or anything like that. Um, but defensively and offensively, the Bucks. I don't know what identity the Bucks have right now. They're constantly playing from behind, even when they played us last week. You know, the defense held us in check for the second half, but Brady could not deliver until the last few few minutes of the game. And you can't keep doing that. I mean, I know Brady, Brady's the GOAT and everything. He he knows how to come back. He's come back a lot in many games, but I think this is a new league now where these teams are flying, their offenses are flying high, and they're not, they're not, they're not gonna stop scoring. Like the Chiefs kept scoring. They, the only time the Chiefs punted was with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it really didn't matter. It's like, okay, we're already up. I mean, we're gonna we, our defense is playing good enough. It's just I, I don't know what's going on with the Bucks, but Let's go and let's go into a different topic now. This is a topic that you know I'm gonna segue into. When we look at the AFC right now, especially the AFC West, and I'm gonna start with you, Cole. I was thinking the AFC West, and I know it's still kind of early. I was thinking the AFC West was gonna be the best division. Right now, it does not look that way. It looks suspect. Of course, the Chiefs, they look good, but there's still some questions about them defensively because the Bucks scored 31. We look at the Broncos. Broncos. Broncos' offense isn't moving very well. I mean, Russell Wilson. They're having. They're. They're not giving him the opportunity to be Russell Wilson. The Raiders just won their first game against the Broncos, and then the Chargers have a bunch of injuries. I'm confused. Cole, what's your thoughts on the AFC West? The the Chiefs are the best team, uh, in my honest opinion. I, their offense is still so dangerous. They do not need Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. The weapons that they have, I think, is more scary because uh, Patrick Mahomes now has so many other options to do who the ball, who he can, who he can throw the ball to. Right. They have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They have um, the running back they took in the seventh round, Pacheo. They also yeah, have Jared McKinney. He was really they've good. Been, they've been doing running back by committee, which is shocking to me because they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. So, in my opinion, you need to roll with him because I don't like taking running backs in the first round because running backs are a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. And you can right. find good running backs in free agency, off waivers. But their offense is just so good. Travis Kelsey is hands down the best tight end in football. I mean, it's you can't even really debate it. Um, you know, they have McCole Hardman. They have Juju Smith-Schuster. They have Sky Moore. And they have so many other dangerous weapons on that offense for Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to. It keeps defenses guessing because before it was, it's Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. You got to lock them down. You double team uh, Tyree Kill. Now, who who are you going to double double team? Exactly. Maybe, maybe you double team Travis Kelsey, but they have so many other weapons on that offense and i honestly think it makes them more dangerous and i i think i still think the chiefs chiefs are a very good team i still think the bills are the best team in the afc even though they have a lot of they have some question marks too there's a lot of teams so far that have question marks but so far i think it's the chiefs and the bills that are the two top teams in the afc i think you could very well see an afc championship matchup of the With chiefs them. and the bills mm-hmm 
Um, with for me, when I look at the when I'm looking at the AFC right now, of course, me, you know, I still I still think the Bills are a contender. Of course, that's no question. They have a lot of questions. The biggest question that I have for the Bills now, I saw the predictions. They still have them number one everywhere. They have them going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to caution everyone. When I look at the Bills, can they get past the Chiefs? That is a question that is still yet to be determined. I know they play in a couple of weeks. They play, play in Arrowhead in a couple of weeks. I I have questions right now, especially now with what I saw the past two weeks from the Bills. You lose to the Dolphins. You could have lost to the Baltimore Ravens, even though the Ravens have they. I don't know what's going on with the Ravens um, with them losing leads at home. I I just but we'll talk about the Ravens another day. But I still have questions about the Bills, the Broncos. I had hopes for the Broncos. It's still early. It is still very early. But I had hopes for the Broncos because you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, who can deliver the ball, who can who can automatically make you a playoff team. They there's a lot of issues going on with them offensively, and they're not being able to get a rhythm going. Um, when I look at the Raiders, yeah, they have Devontae Adams, but uh, the offense isn't flying like I thought they were going to fly. Don't the, even though they they had they won their first game against the Broncos yesterday. Okay, they're one and three. When I look at the AFC, the AFC, there's so many teams that have question marks, even in the NFC as well. The only team right now I can say, and the only undefeated team is the Eagles. They have no question marks. Defense the, the defense is flying around, the offense is buzzing, running game is buzzing, O line can get protection, and Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind. That's the only team right now from top to bottom on all units are legitimately a, a very dangerous and um, scary team. And I have, I had them one, as one of my dark horse teams. The Eagles look dangerous. I think they're going to win the division. And I think they're going to, they're going to be, if they keep on this route, they might be the number one seed heading into the playoffs. They keep going with this, um this hot streak, but overall, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions that a lot of these teams have. Jeremiah, what do you think? I'm so sorry. Um, I was going to say the same thing. I had the Eagles and I also had the Dolphins as my dark horse. So far, everything's so good with that because the only question about the Dolphins is they're if they if they're going to sabotage their team. Oh, definitely. Because, (laughs) you know, they're starting off high and stuff, but then watch us lose to like the Jets or something. It it happens. So when it comes to like the whole AFC, I do agree with you, because when it comes to Denver, I expect them to be more at the top, especially and I think it's such a, a bad coaching thing that's going on right there, not able to make the right decisions at the right time. And that's what causes them mostly a lot of games. For the Raiders, I like you said, you said you had question marks about them, Jasmine, at the beginning because you was like, yeah, they got a cool offense, but that defense is very suspect and is showing right before our eyes with that. And also they're not delivering on time. And I can just say, the Chiefs, they're gonna they're gonna stay at that number one for a while because I know the Chargers right now, they're just getting Unhealthy. hit with so many injuries right yeah. now. And that right there, because even Justin Herbert, he was playing on bad ribs last game. You know, I was really worried about him. I didn't want him to injure that even more. But when it comes to the AFC, I think it's going going to go down to like the last games at the end. 
because Agreed. that's how close I think that AFC West is going to be probably at the end to see who's going to be that second one under the Chiefs. I think, and I agree with that. The AFC, I think, is going to come down to the maybe last three weeks of football to see it. Cause I think towards the end, I think right now we're still figuring out who is really that team who's really going to be around. You can tell the Eagles already, they came out the gate swinging, and there's, they haven't looked back since. They're flying really high. But I think it's going to come down to which, like, we're still figuring out who who – who's good. We're still figuring out what are we getting from these teams. But in the AFC, I think it's going to end up being who in that, in the divisions, who who's going to win those big games. Like, of course, it was a big win for the, the Dolphins to beat the Bills. That was a big win because I think that's going to have implications for the, the AFC playoff picture. All these games like that, especially when we see, I can't wait to see that um, Bills and Chiefs game in Arrowhead. That's going to be a huge playoff implication right there. And these, you got these other teams around that are still around. Like, of course, um, you're starting to see Jacksonville look a little, you know, they're looking a little good, even though they lost to the Eagles yesterday. But, you know, they're starting to have some interesting, you know, situations. The Bengals, they're starting to get back to form a little bit. There's still some work to be done. I think, I still think Baltimore is going to be around. Um, just because of Lamar Jackson and what he's doing and him putting up the numbers he's putting. But, of course, their defense is questioned. Your Steelers, even though there's questions, <laughs> I still see them around some form or fashion. They just find, the, the Steelers find a way to make it to the playoffs. They can squeeze into they the wild find card. A way every time. <laughs> but go ahead, Cole. I see your face. What do you have to say? <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot to say about the Steelers. I mean – Carolina did oh, no. throw three interceptions, but I don't think two of them were not his fault. Chase Claypool, he Kenny Pickett threw it into double coverage to Chase Claypool. There is a five nine defensive back on him. Chase Claypool, I saw it. He's got to come down with that catch. He right. has not performed the past two years. If he wants a contract, he's better got to start performing. Agreed. And it needs to start happening now because right now there is no way I'm giving him a contract. The receiver drops have got to stop. Deontay Johnson was given a big contract. He needs to start performing and he needs to catch the ball. He is their playmaker on offense. Same thing with Najee. He's got to start performing too because he's not finding those wide open holes for him to run through. He's got to be able to get through those wide open holes, get to open field, and get down the field and run the ball. He's a first round running back, and we're expected, he's expected to do that for the Steelers. The defense is just, they were up by, they were up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Zach Wilson just threw the ball to the middle of the field, <laughs> wide open receivers. I'm pretty sure it was Robert Spillane on the coverage. He shouldn't even be starting. He's just not <laughs> starting caliber inside linebacker. Devin Bush hasn't been good either. He was bad last year. He needs to start tackling people. <laughs> because it is just not good to watch. He's not been good. He's playing for a contract, and he is not going to get it here in Pittsburgh. Matt Canada has been awful. That is – that's – the obvious about this whole situation. He he needs to be gone after the season. 
because wow. that offense needs to be a lot better if they want any chance to make the playoffs. I don't think they're making the playoffs just from what I've seen. Their next couple games look insanely difficult, including the Eagles, the Bills, the, the Dolphins, and no order. They play the Bills this upcoming Sunday. I hope they make it close, but I'm not confident. Since Kenny Pickett is in, now you give him the chance to lead this team. Agreed. You already, you already pulled Trubisky. Don't be doing the quarterback flip-flop. And we're going to have one starter this week, another starter the next week. Don't screw with his head. Just give him <laughs> the keys and let him play. I would not have played him this year, but he's now already in. He didn't look bad for his first first, first game. I, I saw some very good flash, flashes. I thought his ball placement was um, solid. I thought he placed the ball. They got Pickens involved. Finally, you took him in the in the first, in the second round. It only took you four weeks to get him involved, but finally he's involved. They need the Steelers have to be a lot better. I don't think they're making the playoffs, and I believe that they will finish maybe last in the division. I hate to say it, but I I'm just not I'm not sold on them at all. And you know what? If they have to rebuild this year. Next year, they had a ton of cap space, have a good draft, get an offensive lineman, and learn how to stop the run on defense. <laughs> okay, I agree with that. Oh, uh, well, you know, I, Cole, I'm going to, I've always, I'm going to go on the limb. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I think the Steelers do make the wild card. I do. I genuinely do. I just think they are a little better than the Browns, even though, you know, the Browns are the Browns. But when I look at the whole AFC North, I think that I think the Steelers have a legitimate chance. I do. I don't think they're going deep in the playoffs, but I think no. they have a legitimate chance. You give you give this kid <laughs> Steelers need a quarterback. <laughs> go for Lamar. Hey. Nah, I guess Kenny Pickett is now the answer. The Steelers are all they're very high on him. Well, I think I have I think they have a chance. I feel like if you let the kid go out there and just play, like you said, the receivers have to catch the ball for him and give him that chance, but I feel like now you put him in the fire now. Now he has the a little bit of the experience. He has the, okay, I played in my first NFL game. I know how it feels like a little bit. Now it's time to start, okay, moving in a certain direction. The, Steel, the Steelers receivers have to be better. I think they have talented receivers, but it's just, who is you guys' offensive coordinator? Matt Canada. They hired him from Pitt because he, I believe he was the quarterback's court. He was a quarterback's coach. But the Steelers will never hire outside of the organization. Mm -hmm. It's just the Steelers' way. You see a lot of other former head coaches are now offensive coordinators. They bring different guys in who don't always have the same mentality. Right. And now you see how it works for other teams. The Steelers don't do that. Mike Tomlin will never be fired, even though I don't think he's that great of a head coach. Interesting. Well, <laughs> that wraps up um, the show for tonight. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Jeremiah. We're going to definitely keep up with the Tua situation, the concussion protocols, definitely keep up with football in general. There's a lot going on. Next week, I think we're going to shift gears and talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about Russell Westbrook. He completely cleaned his Instagram page from Lakers, anything. So we're definitely going to talk about that next week. There's a bunch of going on with that. But thank you all. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Remy. Thank you, Leon. Thank you all for just um, giving your support. See you guys next week for more Jazz and First Impression Sports Talk. Thank mm -hmm. you.